With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We are recapping week 10 of the college football season. Make sure to like, follow, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify. Just a quick programming note. I am not going to be doing a recap next week for week 11. I am on vacation, and I will not be near my phone for most of the time. So if you're like, why am I not getting a Monday pod? It's because I'm on vacation and I love y'all, but I want to spend time with my wife. So that's that's my story. We're getting some sun. It's going to be great. Um, also, the next couple episodes are going to be not on YouTube, but they will be wherever you can get your podcasts. Uh, I won't be tweeting, won't be on Instagram or any of that stuff. But again, if you want to send me an email, Talk at gmail.com. Let's get into it. This was, I think, just a weird Saturday. And, you know, I'm going to just go through power rankings, go through uh, what my thoughts are on just just what I think about these teams. I, I think doing power rankings really... How do I say this? It it demonstrates, I think, how weak the league is, if I'm honest. And coming into the season, I did not think it was a weak league. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good league. I thought it was uh, I thought it would be strong. Um, it has not been strong. And I I'll be honest, I'm not sure how good even the top of the Big Ten is. And I don't, I don't say that to – I say that to give realistic expectations. Now, I also don't think that – I think the majority of college football is down this year. Like I think it's more – there's more parity. I, I don't think there's an elite team. Um, I, I'll say this though. You know who I think an elite team is right now or is becoming an elite team? Alabama. I said it after the LSU game. I've been saying it for a good long while now. Don't be surprised if Alabama gets in the playoff. I'll say this now. Don't be surprised if Bama wins the championship. They were the best team I saw on Saturday night. Now, anything can change, right? You know, LSU was not 100%. But what Milrow is doing at quarterback, they have young players that are really starting to get it together. 
I, yeah, I, I think they are easily the best looking team right now. Uh, better than Georgia. I, I think Georgia has its moments, but I, I don't think they're, yeah, I, I don't think they're great right now. Um, you know, I think better than, than Michigan has looked. I think Michigan has been, again, the mo- most complete team. But we'll we'll get there. Let me let me start at the bottom of the conference. I think Purdue is the is my current bottom team in the Big Ten. You know, I thought defensively they had some good moments against Michigan. You know, I thought I thought uh, Tracy, the re- receiver, had some good moments. I thought you know they were able to sting Michigan a couple times in the run game. Hudson Card had a rough day. And I think most quarterbacks have a rough day against Michigan's defense. Um, but I thought they, at times, slowed Michigan down in ways I didn't expect. I thought they slayed, slowed down the run game quite a bit, uh, more than I expected. And it was, you know, they Michigan did not cover. Now, it was a backdoor back back uh, cover for Purdue. But still, I, I thought it was a – I thought Michigan looked a bit lackluster. And I think part of that was – I think J.J. McCarthy was off. But I think I think part of it is I thought Purdue's defense, you know, for as much as they were on the field, I thought they played okay. Um, surprised that they were even able to keep it within four touchdowns, if, I, if I'm honest. A lot, a lot of hubbub afterwards with Ryan Walters talking about the the scandal, which I'm assuming there will be stuff coming out about that more this week. Um, but you know, just to go back to Purdue, did a good job defending the run against Michigan, three point two yards per carry, and that's including I think a forty four yard touchdown run, which was an end around I believe with their freshman, uh, Samaj Morgan. Who that guy is is a problem, but Blake Corum, forty four yards, fifteen carries. They did a good job on Michigan's run game, but again, it, it's hard when McCarthy has as much time as he does. Um, anyway, Purdue, I've got last. I've got last thirteen. I have Indiana. I moved Indiana up by the virtue of a win over Wisconsin. Uh, it was at home, and. You know, Indiana still has an outside shot at a bowl game. Again, I wouldn't bank on it. But, I mean, it, it's a good job by Indiana to stay in the hunt. You know, it's two consecutive weeks where they have looked competent or at least at least adequate. You know, they, they hung tough against Penn State. And now they beat Wisconsin. Granted, Wisconsin, a lot of injuries – you know, backup quarterback, backup or third string running back. Well, I'll talk about Wisconsin in a minute, but Indiana took advantage, right? They, you know, Soresby is playing, he's playing efficient football, you know, higher than 60% completion percentage. You know, they're, de- you know, Indiana's defense playing fairly well, right? They, you know, really forced Wisconsin to have to throw, um, they were able to recover a couple of fumbles by Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin kind of shot themselves in the foot with this game with the turnovers, but good on Indiana to to get a Big Ten win. And they are at three and six, and they're my number thirteen team. Number twelve is another team that had an upset, Michigan State. 
They were able to to beat Nebraska at home. And again, I think Nebraska really shot themselves in the foot. I also think there was some pretty bad officiating in this. But I, I think it's hard to blame officiating when you have as many turnovers as Nebraska does. And I think Nebraska six or seven out of ten times beats Michigan State. But the reality is Nebraska, between injuries and lack of talent, this is a team that they don't have a lot of margin for error. So, you know, they turn the ball over. You know, Harburg has two interceptions. He has a fumble, lost fumble. Listen, that's 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 a recipe for disaster. Like, you can't do that. And I don't care if you're playing Michigan State. You just can't do that uh, and expect to win ball games, right? Michigan State, zero turnovers. Like, you can't turn the ball over that many times. And I get it, officiating, not good. But at the same time, Nebraska has to kind of look at themselves and be like, ah, how did we lose this one? Um, good job by, by the Spartans. Uh, Hauser played effectively. Um, you know, Foster had a, a big game, 94 yards and a touchdown. But Michigan State is my, my number 12 team, 3-6. and six. Number 11 is Maryland. Maryland has a better record than other people, but they're tailspinning right now. I mean, they're they're atrocious. I, I don't know what, what's happened. I mean, they, they obviously played a weaker non-conference schedule, but this is a team I thought that could get to nine wins, maybe ten. And, I mean, they're, they're just, they're a disaster. Just abject disaster. Four turnovers in this game. You know, Penn State ran the ball well in this game. Uh, Drew Aller played really well. 25 of 34, 240 yards, four touchdowns. You know, they they got Dante Cephas involved. They got the tight ends involved. Uh, Keandre Lambert Smith again had a good a good day. I, it was it was a massive blowout, and this is it's what Penn State needed. They needed to go on the road, which that's one key, and they needed to to beat down on somebody, and they beat down a team that I thought was better. I mean. I don't know how Maryland has negative 49 yards rushing. It's absurd. I mean, it just... And a lot of that was sacks by Tungavailoa. Maryland's in a lot of trouble. If If we're just being fair, Maryland is in deep trouble and in deep danger of not making a bowl game. Their schedule is does not get easier. They they have Michigan, they have Rutgers. Uh, Rutgers is a a legitimately good team. They have Nebraska next week. That's that's the most winnable game on their schedule and it's at Nebraska and I I don't I'm not sure what to make of that. Because Nebraska did just lose to Michigan State, but I think Nebraska is going to be up for that game because they know they 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 need to win at least one more game to get bowl eligible. So uh, I've got Maryland at eleven, Northwestern at ten. They hung tough 
against Iowa. You know, really tough against Iowa. I mean, a game, you know, game-winning field goal, right, for the Hawkeyes. And, again, for everything at this point for Northwestern is bonus, in my opinion. I think David Braun has, has coached this team masterfully. Um, just really, really well done. You know, for them to have four wins is is big. But this one's going to sting a little bit because they were able to, to score and tie this game up um, at in the fourth quarter only for Iowa to be able to drive and Drew Stevens hits a 52-yard field goal. And that, to be fair, that is how Iowa has won a lot of games over the years. Solid defense, good special teams. And so... This was a it wasn't a particularly fun game to watch. Northwestern outgained Iowa by a yard. They combined for 339 yards. Oof. You know, as and so Northwestern I, I think Northwestern might be kicking themselves because I think they, they could have won this game. But at the end of the day, I, like this is how Iowa knows how to win, right? Iowa knows how to win these games. And Northwestern, as as exciting as it's been for David Braun, it's tough to beat a team that knows how to win like this all the time. So, uh, But still, Northwestern has a win over Maryland. They have a win over Minnesota. Uh, I have them over Maryland this week. Another team I have over, the, over Maryland, team that, I, that beat Maryland was Illinois at 9. Johnny Newton, he was the difference, man. That defense just got so much better when he when he got back in the lineup. And man, the just the the poise of a of a backup quarterback in Paddock, right? Altmeyer goes down. I thought Altmeyer for the first three quarters played the best that he's played and then got a little turnover prone. But then he get he goes down with an injury in the last drive and their backup quarterback, John Paddock, leads them on just an incredible drive. I mean it was it was bing bang boom. I think it was three plays. And he hits uh Isaiah Williams with that 46 yard touchdown to 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 win the game for Illinois, I mean, you want to talk about gutsy. And again, Illinois kind of keeps their bowl hopes alive. You know, I think Illinois fans have to be pretty excited right now. They have Indiana, Iowa, and Northwestern. Listen, that's that's very doable for them. Now, Illinois has been hot or cold, so you can't you can't miss the layups. And I don't know if I would say Illinois or Northwestern are layups, but you you can't miss foul shots. Maybe that's the better the better thing to say. Um, they can beat both those teams. I think they're more talented than both those teams. So good on Illinois. Um, my number eight team is Nebraska, and again, this is where I say I just don't this this conference is down. Nebraska is the eighth best team in the Big Ten in my estimation. And that's that's not very good. And please don't hear me saying I think Nebraska's bad. Matt Rule deserves a lot of credit because that, that team 
doesn't have a ton of talent. They've lost a lot of guys. Like I think their whole running back room is is gone except Johnson, right? They don't have a a quarterback who can complete a forward pass at least without some sort of turnover. But my point is, they've won five games, and you look at they're three and three in the Big Ten. They're not a very good team this year. And they're middle of the pack in the Big Ten. This, this it's a I think it's it's a reset year for the Big Ten, right? A lot of quarterbacks from last year have moved on, and so you, you just have a lot of quarterbacks that they've transferred in and they have not hit, or a lot of young starters, and I think that's been a, a trouble spot for several teams, and Nebraska is one of them. You know, Nebraska should have beat Michigan State. I think, you know, they only – if they don't turn the ball over like they did, I think they, they win that game. Instead, the Spartans have enough to beat Nebraska. And now instead of being at 6-3, and three, you're at 5-4. and four. And now you gotta you, you got to fight to win another game to get bowl eligible. I still think Matt Rule is doing a good job, but it, it's it's telling – to me, that that's where we are in the conference. And and continuing on that trend, Minnesota, same thing. They lose to Illinois, had a chance to get bowl eligible. And I I thought, you know, I I went into that game after I saw the result. I thought, P.J. Fleck, he botched it. He did a bad job. And I, I don't think he managed the game terribly well. Um. But, you know, Kaliak Manis had a good start to the game. I think he was 9 for 11 at one point. Ended for 11 to 22. And again, it kind of highlights, man, the quarterback play in this conference. A lot of people were clamoring for Kaliak Manis over Tanner Morgan. I think a lot of people want Tanner Morgan back. And, like, he's young. Like, Kaliak Manis is young. You know, they're on their, you know, they're using their fourth string running back a lot. You know, the offensive line still a work in progress. But this team, it's they're five and four. They're middle of the pack. And I think you put them against the middle of the pack about against other teams. I, I'd be concerned. Um this, you know, right now, Minnesota, not a great football team. But they're middle of the pack. Wisconsin, number six. That this is the other thing. I wanted to move teams down this week. Everybody I wanted to move down, or like I, I was looking for teams to move above Wisconsin, and I'm like, I can't move anybody above Wisconsin. Like I certainly can't put Indiana above Wisconsin because no offense to Indiana, like that was their first Big Ten win. Like I I just can't. And so like, Wisconsin is six, and I'm like. It's just it's hard to kind of wrap my mind around Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska, Illinois, Northwestern, like Maryland, Michigan State. Like they're all they're all in this same tier and they're it's not good. Right? And Wisconsin is is there much more I think because of injury than any of the others. Like I like I think injuries have impacted other teams. I think Wisconsin. I think you lose Braylon Allen. Like I think Braylon Allen beats Indiana. Right, 
But the fact that you lost to Indiana, and no offense to Indiana, Indiana's not good. But you lost. Now, granted, you don't have your top two running backs. You don't have DK. You don't have your, your starting quarterback. So part of it is a lack of depth. But also, like, man, you can't lose to Indiana. And so I, I've got Wisconsin 6. Beyond that, that number 5, I have Iowa. You know, Iowa wins games despite the fact that their offense is abysmal. Granted, they lost to Minnesota. Again, margin of victory, or margin for error is small. But you know who's like in sole possession of first place right now in the West? Iowa. And I'm not so sure. Like, I think, I think they're going to be the Big Ten representative, the West representative in the Big Ten championship. I don't know if they're going to score in the Big Ten championship game, but I think they're going to be the, the representative in the West. That being said, I think they lose next week to Rutgers, and they're my number four team. I, I think Rutgers, Rutgers has done such an amazing job of building. Greg Schiano deserves a lot of credit for this team. And part of it is the development of players. I knew they had some defensive studs. I didn't realize how how many. Their corners are legit. Like legit guys. You know, Flip Dixon at safety, legit. Mohamed Toure, legit. You know, Aaron uh Aaron Lewis, I believe it is. On the defensive line, really good. You know, their run defense struggles, but their their pass rush is really good. And while Wimsat, I, I saw a lot about Wimsat after the game being like, oh, he's not very good. Listen, he's still a game wrecker as a runner. And the fact that they, they have that changeup, yeah, he, he missed some plays. Listen, he if he hits his receiver, and I'm forgetting the name of the receiver, um, but he was given Ohio State heartburn all, all game. Uh, I'm going to look it up right now because he deserves to be mentioned on this podcast. Um, but he missed a wide-open receiver. This game could have easily been different. Uh, Dremel. How do I forget? Christian Dremel. Dremel was given Ohio State all it could handle today uh, or on Saturday. And if Wimsat is, is more accurate, I, I think Rutgers... If they don't win, it's it's a one-score game. I thought Wimsat, as a runner, played well. Manungai, Kyle Manungai might be the all-Big Ten first-team running back. Like, he's right now my leader in the clubhouse. He played a heck of a game, right? 24 carries, 159 yards. I mean, they've got answers now. And while it's not pretty... Like, Gavin, Gavin Wimsat has to be more accurate. But what he's able to provide with his legs, it does cause tension in against defenses. And so I think Rutgers has to be really pleased. Um, this was, you know, it was a 19-point win. It did not feel like a 19-point win. I think Ohio State was lucky to get out of Piscataway with a cover, and I think even with a win. Um, number three, I have Penn State. I, I, you know, it's it's kind of the same three, but they did what they needed to do. Aller start, is starting to look better. I'm, I'm really 
excited to see what he looks like against Michigan next week. Um, number two, I have Michigan. I had thought about flipping Ohio State and Michigan this week. And the, the two reasons why I haven't. One, I still think you have to honor Ohio State's resume, even though Notre Dame lost. That's still a better – it's better than anything Michigan has. It's better than anything Penn State has. The other thing is I, I have a growing concern about Michigan's run game. I just – I don't know what it is, but their offensive line isn't blowing guys off the ball like I think any of us expected. They averaged three yards a carry, and that was including a 44-yard end around. That's not good, and that's against a bad defense. Right? Like, Ohio State was in their fourth string running, like, had their fourth string running back against Purdue. And, you know, they, they had their one of their best running performances all, all year long. And it's it's not just Michigan against Purdue. It's It's been a trend over the past few weeks. They, they have not run the ball well. And I, you know, I was going into the Penn State game, I, I assumed that Michigan would be able to run the ball. If Michigan can't run the ball, that's going to be a problem with J.J. playing, you know, throwing against these corners. Like Dixon will be healthy. Uh, Kalen King, those two corners are easily better than anything they faced uh, up to this point. And Drew Aller at home is better than Drew Aller away. So I, I'm pretty convinced I'll still pick Michigan, but that game is not as easy for Michigan as I think people might think it is. And so I, I'm very I, – I'm concerned about Michigan – and their, their run game moving forward. Be interesting to see how they attack and if, if they can get push against a lighter front with, with Penn State. Number one, I have Ohio State based on the resume. They looked, they looked like they should have gotten beat by Rutgers. Now, a lot of injuries. Cade Stover was out. A lot of their defensive backfield was out. So... You know how much, how bad was it? I don't, I don't know. Like I, I think, I think Emeka is still working his way back into the lineup. But this is Ohio State's not progressing either, at least in certain areas. I don't think Kyle McCord is progressing game to game. The run game is progressing. That's that's an encouraging sign, but. I think you have a few, and I, I think this is true of Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State. I think you have three teams who are good, not great. And I, I think you line each of them up against Bama or Georgia or Florida State. I, I think all three of them lose at this point. Now, I think... I think if teams can get it together, I think they can win. Florida State's iffy for me, by the way. And Georgia's iffy for me. Because I, I I think both of those teams have struggled. Alabama, though, the way they're they're progressing, I think they are top-notch. Um, let me go to my top ten. And a lot of 
it's just it's just hard to figure out where I want to put teams and where I want to place teams. I've got Georgia one this week, and I think their win against Missouri it, it gives them a resume win. And I I just don't think you can put Ohio State one with the way Comacord has looked. Um, I just and I, like I I just think the the loss to or the loss that Notre Dame takes it just takes luster off that win. And so I I think it's razor thin in terms of resume, but I, I've got Georgia one, Ohio State two, Florida State three. I to struggle like they did against Pitt. I, you know, I think Florida State's really good. I think it's razor thin from a resume perspective with Georgia, Ohio State, Florida State. But I I just I, – I don't think Florida State – I think Florida State's pretty hot and cold. And so I think hot Florida State can beat anybody. I think cold Florida State can lose to a lot of teams. So Georgia, Ohio State, Florida State, Michigan, again, I, their best win is Rutgers at this point. And I, I want to, you know, if they beat Penn State this week, they will probably be my number one team um, going into uh, next week. Washington at five, they they outlasted USC. Bama six, they're the the easily the, the best one loss team in the country. Oregon seven, you know, Oregon is. Oregon is really good. I'm not sure how good. I think a lot of people are trying to say that Oregon's better than Washington, better than a lot of teams. I, I think they are really good. I just don't. Sometimes looks can be deceiving. So I'll just leave it at that. Texas at eight, Penn State at nine, Ole Miss at 10. And that's that'll do it for uh, the recap. Thanks for listening. Again, I'll be doing picks and then I will be taking a break until next Thursday, until I will not be doing a recap next week. So, but keep it locked in here. This has been the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Signing off. Take care. God bless.